there are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. This is Soul to Soul, back on your radio. This is Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Vayechi, Tav Shin, Pei Beis, and a very warm welcome to all of our radio family. Thank you so, so much for taking the time on this busy Erev Shabbos to turn on your radio, turn on your device, connect from wherever you might be in the world. Those who are on holiday, we wish you a very good Erev Shabbos from wherever you might be. We hope you're enjoying yourself. We hope you're relaxed. We hope that all the tension of the year is seeping out of you and you're and you're somehow investing yourself with the strength, with new vitality, with new energy to be able to start the year again after after the, the new secular year starts again revitalized and re-energized and ready to face the challenges of, of of the next coming calendar year. But Baruch Hashem, Hashem gives us this chus to continue to have the opportunity to spend a few minutes with you on Erev Shabbos to share some Torah, to share some ideas, to share some beautiful, beautiful insights that might inspire you, that make you, might make your Shabbos more more beautiful. We have in this week's Pasha, the Brochus, that Yaakov Avinu gave to all of his children. And in the middle of them, of course, is the bracha given to Yisachar and Zavulin. And Zavulin, we're told, L'choyf yamim yishkain. He will live by the, by the coast. And he is a shipping magnet. He is busy exporting, importing, busy with all kinds of huge, huge deals and money. And Yisachar chamogorim. Yisachar is the, the, what they call a bony donkey. And Rashi says, he also has the opportunity. He has a beautiful land. He has a land that could make <coughs> so much money. He also could be a very rich person. But, but rather, he puts his shoulder to the wheel. He becomes a, 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 uh, a, a worker. And the Chavetz Chaim says, you know, there's a marshal to a, 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 a very important, prominent officer who decides to go on a, on a cruise. And they take him on the ship, they take him on the QE2, on the Akilaro, whatever it might be. And it's beautiful and it's glorious. And in the middle of the sea, there's a dining room with incredible chandeliers and, and beautiful, beautiful kitchen and staterooms for him to stay in and every kind of entertainment you could possibly want. Uh, you can be busy for the entire journey without, without a second to, to rest. And he's amazing. He's overcoming how amazing this is. But he's intrigued. He says, how does the ship go? How does the ship work? So they sat with him, come downstairs. Come downstairs. And they took him down. And they took him to the engine room. And the engine room was dark and, and smelly and dirty. And their workers, not in fancy uh, uh, livery uniforms like we're upstairs, but in dirty overalls, besmirched with oil and, 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 and grease and, and uh, all that's going on. That's going on. And he says, this is disgusting. How can it be? That a ship, such a magnificent ship, has has a place that looks so so bad. No, I want you to clean it up. I don't want this anymore. Take away all this grease. Take away all this oil. And of course, take away the grease and the oil and the engines and the and the combines and things no longer work. And the ship the ship doesn't go. There's an amazing world out there, and there are people that are opulent and 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 there's grandeur and there's wealth and there's all kinds of splendor out there, but. There's the engine room. There's the, there's, there's, there's the place where it all happens. There's the, where the motor is. That what keeps this world going is, is Yisachar. Are the Talmud Chacham are the people that, that sit and, and, and learn Torah day and night and all the time. And, and they're sitting in Kailal and they're learning four hours in the morning and four hours in the afternoon and, and at night and at night till, till, till late. They are. The true stars, they are the ones that make the beautiful ship go and, and continue to be able to, to, to operate. And those of us 
who are upstairs, who are in the world of commerce, in the world of business, in the world of, in the world of, uh, of finance, in the world of whatever it might, might be, need to understand that we have to connect ourselves to those who are in the engine room. And how can we do that? So that's the role of Zavulin. Zavulin is charged with number one, giving generously of his financial means to be able to help Yisrochah. And generously doesn't mean a token donation of 180 rand once a year to, to some institution. It means giving significantly of one's wealth to support Tamid HaChamim and at the same time, it doesn't exempt us. We too have an obligation at every free moment to be learning Torah, to be involved in, in doing what we can to keep, to keep the world, the world going. This is 11.9 Chai FM. The program is soul to soul. There's so much more coming up. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, soul to soul, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Vayechi, Tov Shin Pei Beis. As we move into the holiday season, but of course there's never any holiday from Talmud Torah, from learning the Parsha, from kind of filling ourselves up. And on the contrary, maybe now that we're not so busy with our work, we're not running off to the shop so much, maybe there's actually more time for us to sit down and spend a little bit more time, a little bit more energy, a little bit more effort, a little bit of our, of our cup space, so to speak, of our head space to, to devote to matters of Ruchnis, to matters of Kedusha, to matters of, of, of Torah. So let's go into an, a, 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 an issue in our Pasha, and let's see if we can learn something together. Let's see if we can grow. Let's see if we can arrive at some, at some conclusions. It came time for Yaakov Avinu to die. By Yikol of Nali Yosef, he calls Yosef. By Yoimelai says to him, In Nomot Sosi Chem Benecho, please, if I found favor in your eyes, Simna Yotcha Tachserechi, take an oath, and do with me the ultimate kindness of truth, because Rashi says there's no payback for the kindness done to a dead person. Al Nosik Benimitzayim, please don't bury me in the land of Egypt. And we know that he gives three reasons. He doesn't want to be buried there because uh, it's a long, long trip and back to Eretz Yisrael by Tchias HaMesim and the land's going to become uh, 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 Kinim uh, uh, in the future. There's going to be a plague of Kinim which will come from the ground and they'll be crawling all over around him. And also he didn't want that they should, uh, the Egyptians should make him into some kind of a, an idol. When I pass away, carry me out of Mitzrayim, ukvatani bekvurasam, and bury me in the Ma'oras Hamachpela. Vayamai says, I'll do that exactly as you say. Vayamai says, he shavali. No, don't just don't just tell me. I want you to take an oath. Vayishavali, and he took an oath. Vayishtachi Yisrael al Rosh Hamita, and Yisrael bowed down to the Shchina, which is by the head of of the bed of Achayla. And Rashi brings that Yaakov Avinu turned himself towards the Shechina in order to bow down to, to the Shechina. And from here the Gemara says in Shabbos Tafyid Beis that the Shechina is always above the head of, of an ill, of an ill person. And there seems to be an obvious question here. If the Shechina is, is right above the, uh, the head of, of, of a sick person. So, if so, how come Yaakov didn't bow down to the Shechina the whole time? Why he was lying in his bed? Why only now? Why did he now bow to the Shechina only after Yosef swore to him that he would take him up to Eretz and bury him in, in the Ma'arasamapela? <clears throat> and if you, I mean, the, the, the simple understanding would be that after that Yosef swore to him that he'd take him to Eretz Yisrael, so Yaakov bowed down to the Shechina as a, uh, almost like a, a thank you that the, 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 uh, that he has this chus, that he has the, the merit to be buried in, in Eretz Yisrael. 
But as we're going to see a little bit later and more, we're going to see something much, 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 much deeper. And, uh, and of course, as we know, the Torah can be explained in many, many different ways. Shivim, Panim, La Torah. There's 70 different ways of expounding uh, a Torah. And, and let's see what we can, what we can find. Another big question. Why did Yaakov, why was Yaakov Inu so worried that they shouldn't bury him in Eretz Mitzvah, that they must bury him in Eretz Mitzvah, to such an extent that he made Yosef take an oath that he'd be 100% sure that he would fulfill his words and take him to the Mahamasar Pela. HaKadosh Baruch had already promised him before you went down to Egypt, I'm going to go down with you to Mitzrayim. And I'm going to bring you up also. And Rashi says, Hashem promised him that he was going to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. So what was Yaakov's need to make all this extra effort when he already had a promise from Hashem that he was going to be buried in Eretz Yisrael? Now, by Yosef, we find that Yosef said to the Saramashkim that if you remember me because of the result of what I, all the good I did to you, and you want to do kindness with me, and mention me to Paro, and he'll take me out of this, out of this jail. And the Medrash says that Yosef really was only supposed to have been in jail, as we know, for 10 years. Because he spoke Lashon Hara about his 10 brothers. And because he said to the Sarah Mashkim, you know, relied on him at a certain level. So then he added on an extra two years of, of, of jail. Now, if Yosef is being punished because he made this extra little bit of, of effort, more than was necessary. So by Yaakov, certainly, that should be the same. Kosh himself promised him he would go to, 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 to Eretz Yisrael. I'm going to bring you up, right? Yosef didn't have any promise that Kosh was going to get him out of, out of jail, right? After, after 10 years. So if so, if Yosef was punished for making this little bit of extra effort that he didn't have to do, so surely what was Yaakov doing? So this seems like an extraneous, unnecessary bit of effort to ensure that he would be buried in the time when he already knew that he was going to be buried. Another question on Rashi is that we said that from Yaakov bowing down to the bed, we see that the Shechina is there on the, uh, over the head of, of a, of a sick, of a sick uh, person. Now, the truth is, there really isn't actually any proof. Because maybe we could say, <laughs> Yaakov, this is Yaakovino. Yaakovino had the Shina by his head. Who says that's true of all other sick people? HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised Yaakov that his Shina would stay with him always. As we see when Hashem said to Yaakov, I'm going to go down with you to Mitzrayim and I'm going to bring you, you up. So Hashem was promised him that the Shekhinah is going to be with him from the time he goes down until the time he gets buried in Eretz Yisrael. So how can we prove from here that every single Chayleh has the Shekhinah over his over his head? So perhaps we can answer based on another Medrash Rabbah. This, this Medrash Rabbah is in Kaheles where the Medrash says, it says, by the death of Moshe, he buried him in a valley. He says, uh, uh, look at the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu pays him back. Yaakov died in Eretz Yitzhak. Who's going to take care of Yaakov? 
לא היה הקודש ברוך הוא? שולי השם המסלף שתי קרבים, שאומר לוי, אנוכי הרי למחר מצרים, אנוכי אלכו, השם said, I'm going to bring you up, and שולי השם שלו תקן. קיים יוסף, and so to speak, חפ במצווה, from הקודש ברוך הוא. As it says, ויהל יוסף לקבור סוף, יוסף went up to bury his father. יוסף died in מצרים. Who should have taken care of him? Surely the Shvatim, that, uh, that uh, Yosef made them swear that he would take them, that they would take him out of Mitzrayim. As the Pasuk says in the very end of the Pasha, Vayashba Yosef Esbnei Yisrael Emo, Valisem Satvoysai, that you'll take my bones with you. So really the Shvatim should have done, who actually took Yosef's bones out of Mitzrayim? Moshe came and grabbed the mitzvah. As it says in Pashas B'Shalach, uh, When Moshe died, so now, who took care of Moshe? HaKadosh Baruch Hu paid him back. By HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by Yikbar Oisai, that Hashem buried Moshe Rabbeinu. So the fact that Yosef grabbed the mitzvah from HaKadosh Baruch in burying Yaakov. Moshe grabbed the mitzvah from the Shvatim to bury Yosef. So Hashem pays him back by burying Moshe himself. So we see from this Medrash that at the, when Moshe Rabbeinu died, HaKadosh Baruch Hu paid back his promise that he promised to Yaakov Avinu that I'm going to bring you up. Because uh, 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 Yosef grabbed from HaKadosh Baruch Hu the mitzvah of burying, of burying Yaakov. Now, we have to ask a very, very big question on this. Because even by Moshe Rabbeinu, that didn't fulfill Hashem's promise to Yaakov, because HaKadosh Baruch promised Yaakov that he was going to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't buried in in uh, in Eretz Yisrael. He was in, buried in Eretz Mayo. So how is that a repayment of, of the promise? Please, God, we'll come back and deal with that question after the break. This is 101.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul, and we're right in the middle. You've got to come back and hear the answer to all of these questions. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Shabbos, uh, Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Parshas Vayechi Tafshin Pei Beis. We are right in the middle. If you came late, naughty boy, you missed the beginning of our discussion on this very important topic. We asked a whole bunch of questions. We said that the Torah says that the Shechina was manifest over Yaakov's Bed, and after getting Yosef to swear to him that he would take him up and bury him in Eretz Yisrael, Yaakov bowed down to the to the uh, to the Shina. So the, we asked first of all, why would why did he only bow down once he had gotten Yosef to to agree to bury him in in uh, in in Eretz in Eretz Yisrael? Then we asked secondly, why was Yaakov even so worried that Yosef would have to bury him in Eretz Yisrael. Hashem had promised him that Yosef, that Yaakov would be buried in Eretz Yisrael. I'm going to take you down to Mitzrayim. I'm going to bring you up. And uh, and uh, so what, 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 why did Yaakov have to go out of his way to make sure it happened? It was already a promise. And in fact, we said uh, 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 Yosef was punished. Yosef had an extra two years of jail because he made a little bit of an extra effort in trying to sort of prod the Sarah Mashkim to mention him to Paro, and that was unnecessary for a person on his level. And therefore he suffered an extra two years. So what was Yaakov doing all this extra effort, all this extra effort uh, uh, for? Number three, we asked, uh, uh, the, the Rashi proves from here, based on the Gemara, that the Shechin is over, the, it's on top of the head of every sick person. And we asked, who says so? Yaakov Avinu was promised that the Shechin would go with him to Mitzrayim, stay with him, and bring him up. So maybe it was just Yaakov Avinu who has the Shechin over, over his head. Is there any proof, in fact, that, that, uh, every single person, every single, uh, a sick person has the Shechin over his, uh, over his over his head, and then we just brought this this medrash that really, if Hashem promised uh, Yaakov to bring him out of Mitzrayim, Hashem should have brought him out. But but 
Yosef came and grabbed the mitzvah and took him out. And when Yosef died, really, Yosef had made his brother swear that they would take him out of Mitzrayim, and therefore it should have been their responsibility. Who took Yosef's bones out? Moshe. Moshe chapped the mitzvah. He was a chacham lev. He chapped the mitzvah and, and did it and did it himself. So when Moshe died, says the Medrash, Hashem repaid him and Hashem buried him. But we said it's not really a repayment because Hashem promised to borrow ya- to bury Yaakov in Eretz Yisrael. Moshe Ben was buried in in the, in the fields of of, uh, of of Mayav. So so how is that actually a fulfillment of of the promise? So let me share with you an amazing Sifri. If you want, if you want to, you don't believe me? Check it out. It's in the it's in the Sifri in Zayis Habracha. Piska Tes Zayin on the Pasuk Vayomos Shom Moshe. The Piska brings Smalyan Ahmed, the Chacham called Smalyan, who says Vayomos Shom Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu died there. Minayin Ata Omer. How do you know that he died there? So he says Mechila. There was a tunnel, cave. That went directly. From the cave of Moshe Abenu in the plains of Moyav, Likvurasashlavas, and led directly to the Ma'aras Samachpela. How do we know? Nehemiah Khan, it says here, the apostle, Vayamas Sham Moshe. Moshe died there, and it says in this week's Pasha, that Shama Kavuas Avram Mesara Ishle. There they buried Avram and Sarah. So it's the same word. So, uh, 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 there was a link between Moshe's Kever and the Ma'ar Samachpela. Even more than that, if you look in the Yalkut Rubaini, in Pashas Vayelech, Oisches, so he brings as follows. He says, the Apostle says to Yeshua, you're gonna come with this nation. So, it says, Moshe and Tsipoira, were buried in the Ma'ara Samapela. Because it says, uh, you are not going to be able to go to Eretz Yisrael. But you're not going to go yourself, he says. But the Malachim are going to bring you there. Right? And therefore, this is, uh, 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 when we talk about the couples that are buried in, uh, in, in Mitzrayim, there are actually five couples. It says five couples buried in Mitzrayim. Avram and, uh, Adam and Chava, Avram and Sarah, Yitzchak and Rivka, Yaakov and Leah, Moshe and, and Zipporah. And, and that corresponds to the ten spheroids of, of Kedusha in, uh, in the Shemayim. The men are five spheroids of Rachamim, of compassion, and the women are the five of, uh, of, uh, of, of Dim. Right. And, and that, that's a Mephurisha, that's a Mephurisha Medrash. Right? And there's another Medrash, another Yalkut Ruveni in Zaysabracha, where he brings there that there are five couples buried in the cave of Machpelah. Three uh, are, are, are revealed, and two are hidden. The ones that are visible are Avram and Sarah, Yitzhak and Rivka, Yaakov and Leah. And the hidden ones are Adam and Chava and Moshe and Sipporah. And even though it says that Moshe Rabbeinu was buried by Gai Be'eretz Mayav, that's only a marshal. Because if it says that he was buried, then how come the next passage says, No one knows his burial place. But they're both, in fact, both statements are true. It's true that No man knows his burial place. But the Malachim, they know it. And the proof is, because Hashem says to Moshe, You'll see the Eretz the from across the Jordan. But you yourself won't come there, but they're going to bring you there. Why? Because that's where Moshe Rabbeinu was buried 
by the uh, Malachim. Right. So, if that's so, then we can understand very, very well the Medrash. Because by burying Moshe Rabbeinu in Eretz Yisrael, Hashem did fulfill the promise that he made to Yaakov Inu that uh, to bury him in in Eretz in Eretz Yisrael. And we could say, possibly, again, not definite, possibly, that Yaakov Avinu saw Baruch Kodesh, that Moshe Rabbeinu was going to be punished, that he would not be allowed to enter Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, sorry, uh, Yaakov wanted to think us of a clever scheme. And he did as follows. By making Yosef swear that he would undertake to bury him. Therefore, Yaakov understood that by doing that, Yosef would be chopping the mitzvah from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and then HaKadosh Baruch Hu would still be obligated to pay back and, and, and carry out the promise that he had made to Yaakov, but now he couldn't do it to Yaakov. Therefore, he would do it by burying Moshe, Moshe Abenu as we said in, in, in the Medrash. Now, the truth is, when Yosef was busy with the burial of his father, HaKadosh Baruch Hu right then could have paid back the promise at that time. How? I don't know. Maybe HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have, uh, could have uh, uh, taken Yosef HaTzadik up there to show and, uh, and, and buried him. And then he wouldn't have been obligated to bury Moshe Rabbeinu in Eretz Yisrael. But in the same way as Yaakov Avinu made Yosef swear in order that the promise of HaKadosh Baruch should not be fulfilled through him, in the same way, Yosef did exactly the same trick and he made his brother swear to bring him out of uh, Amitzrayim. As it says, by Yashba Yosef is B'nai Yisrael Yosef made his brothers swear, please take my bones with me. And through that, he knew that Hashem also wouldn't fulfill, that, 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 uh, that they wouldn't fulfill that, uh, that, that promise. Because, uh, uh, he made his brothers, he made his brothers swear, so Akash couldn't have paid him back by burying Yosef. And since all the Shvatim had the responsibility of taking Yosef up, and Moshe Rabbeinu came, and as the great Chacham that he was, he chapped the, the, the mitzvah of taking Yosef's bones out of Mitzrayim, because Moshe knew that, already then, Moshe knew that there was a Gezeira, that he was not going to go into Eretz because we know he complained in the end of Pasha Shemais. He already complained to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and said, Why have you done bad to this nation? Why have you sent him? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu answered, Oh, yeah, you'll see what's going to happen to Paro, but you're not going to see what's going to happen to the 31 kings in in uh, in Eretz Yisrael because you questioned my, my Midas and the others never questioned me. Therefore, you're not, you're not going to get so. So already knew that he wasn't going to get to show. So at the time of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, Moshe Rabbeinu knew that he's not going to merit to go into Eretz Yisrael alive. But he had a tremendous, tremendous desire to at least be buried in Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu, in his great wisdom, he chopped the bones of Yosef because HaKadosh Baruch Hu then wouldn't be able to fulfill his promise that he had made to Yaakov through Yosef because Yosef already chopped it. He would need to prepare the back, the choy back to Moshe Rabbeinu himself. And that's makes sense now what the Medrash Rabbah says. It says, Vachamushim Klaeso went up and Chamushim has a lot of Pshatim. One Pshat is Mizuyonim. They went up with weapons. And then it says, Moshe took the, the bones 
of, of Yosef. And, and the Rashi brings the Poskin Mishle. Chacham Lev Yikach Mitzvahs. A clever person grabs mitzvahs. That all of Kaisar were busy getting silver and gold from the Egyptians. And Moshe was busy with the bones of, of, uh, of Yosef. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Moshe, Ah, you are the Chacham Leib. You're this wise man who grabs mitzvahs. Right? Because Yosef was really, had to bury his own father because he was his son. You're not Yosef's son. You're not his grandson. You're not Chayv at all to be buried with him. And nevertheless, you went and buried him. So I'm not Chayv to any human being, says HaKadosh Baruch I'm going to take care of you and bury and bury you. As it says, Vayikbar Oisai Gashem buried, buried, uh, buried him. And the Gemara in Saita says a, a similar, a similar, uh, 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 line. In other words, Yosef had taken an oath, and therefore he was duty-bound to bury his father and, and in order to fulfill the, the words of, of his father. And since Yosef knew that HaKadosh Baruch had already promised his father that he was going to bring him up to be buried in Eretz Yisrael, nevertheless, when his father asked him that he should bring him and bury him in Eretz Yisrael, Yosef didn't hesitate for one moment, fulfilled what his father wanted, and he swore, and he swore to him. But Moshe Rabbeinu had no explicit command to, to, uh, uh deal with Yosef's bones, because Yosef made the Shvatim, uh, 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 take such an oath. Moshe Rabbeinu, because he was himself, he wanted to grab the opportunity, because of his great Chokhmah, he figured out that through that, he would be Zoycha that HaKadosh would pay the Choy back to him. And therefore, he would be Zoycha to get to Eretz Yisrael, uh, at least, if not in his lifetime, at least, uh, at least afterwards. Because the truth is, the Mahashal asks in, in the Gemara in, in Saita, why do we call Mahashal Beinu Achacham? This is not, this wasn't the union of, of, of Chochmah. Maybe it was a, a tzaddik or some, a Zoris. Why is he called a, a Chochmah? Right? What, what wisdom is this? Right? It's, it's, it's an act of tzitkos. So he gives his own terrets, but according to what we're saying, it's amazing. This was very great Chochmah. Moshe understood this was part of a plan that, that could cause Akash Baruch to have to pay him back by burying him in, in, uh, in Eretz Israel. And therefore, perhaps we can, with this we can explain another Medrash Rabbah, which says, Vayhi Bishalach Paroi. It was when Paroi sent Klaiso. And when it, the word Vayhi is always Vay, oh, whoa. So who said Vay? Who said, who said, oi Vay? Says Moshe Benu said Vay. Why? Marshal, he compares the Marshal to someone who became a, uh, a, uh, very close friend to the, to the princess. And he saw that, uh, that, uh, that she was going, leaving the, 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 the father's palace. And, uh, the, 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 her father king wasn't accompanying her to, to her wedding. So she started to cry. She says, why are you crying? She said to him, I'm crying because I worked so hard to, to get this all organized and I'm not even going with her to the chuppah. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, I'm, I'm, I'm crying out. I worked so hard to take Klaiso out of time, and I'm not going to get to go into Eretz Yisrael with him. That was the Vayihi. Oh, Moshe Ben was upset that he had been so instrumental in getting Klaiso on the way to Eretz Yisrael, and he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to be able to, to, uh, to, to, to go. So what we're saying, it's, it makes, it makes sense. Vayi b'shalach para Moshe was saying, Oi, vay, how am I going to get to Eretz Yisrael? And then he solved the problem by Yikach Moshe's Atzmos Yosef Imoy, by taking the bones of, of, of Yosef. In other words, that the reason why Moshe Abenu was, used this act of cleverness to take the bones of Yosef was because 
that he was so upset about the fact that he wouldn't be able to go into into uh into Eretz Yisrael. And that's why Yaakov said to Yosef, please, if I find favor in your eyes, take an oath and do chesed ve'emes. Kindness and truth, don't bury him in shame. And Rashi said that the chesed you do with a dead person, that is the greatest chesed ve'emes because you certainly are not doing it for any kind of, 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 of payback. Now, we certainly can't uh, explain that what Yaakov meant in that simple level that this should be uh, kindness and, and that, that Joseph wouldn't get any any payback because the Gemara in Tainus we had it recently in the Dafyami brings Rav Yechanan who says Yaakov vino Mace. Yaakov actually never died and even though generally there's a big mitzvah to take care of all the uh, needs of a mace and that is really chesed shlemes. But by Yaakov Avinu, who Davka asked, please do chesed emes. So this is not really a chesed shlemes because he didn't die at all. So therefore, uh, we could perhaps explain, no, in, in, in the way we're doing it here. Right? I mean, it can't be real chesed shlemes because Yaakov Avinu never really died. And furthermore, the Gemara says in Meseches Moed Cotton that there is a reward to someone who does chesed with the, with the dead people. So therefore, how come Yaakov could say to Yosef that he should do chesed shel emes where he's not expecting any kind of, any kind of, of rewards? So we could perhaps answer that Yosef could have grabbed the opportunity to bury his father, because he understood that if he did the mitzvah instead of Hashem, Hashem would then make sure that he was, that he, Yosef, was buried in Eretz Yisrael. Yaakov says, please, don't do it for that reason. Do it simply because I'm asking you to do it. And in fact, please tell your brothers to take you out of Mitzrayim so that you also won't have to be buried by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the fulfillment of that promise could be left over for Moshe, Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's why he says, do with me chesed be'emes. Because the chesed shall emes that Yaakov Avinu was asking Yosef that he should also be prepared to be mavater on the promise that HaKadosh Baruch Hu would bury him Rather, should ask his brothers to to bury him. So, therefore, the the Akharis unpaid promise would be left still unpaid until the time of Moshe death, and that Moshe great sadness could be alleviated by the fact that Moshe would be buried in in Eretz Yisrael by by the Rabbi Nishlalim him himself. This is 11.9 Chai FM. The program is sell to sell. Please don't run away. There's lots more still coming. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, soul to soul, back on your radio. Er Shabbos, Kodesh, Barshas, Vayachi, Tavshin, Peibes, and thank you so much for staying with us, as we always do at this point on the show, just to share with you the important details of this coming Shabbos, Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Vayachi, our first Chazak of the year Tavshin Pei Beis, we're completing the reading of Sefer Bereshis this, this week, which in itself is cause for a celebration, a chazak, chazak, venis chazak, a strengthening of ourselves in our own limud, limutar. So the, the story goes as follows. The earliest time to light candles this afternoon is at 531. 531 is the earliest time we can get our Shabbos candles up and again, that gives you plenty of time. 5.30, you know, there are some Shabbosas where the latest time is earlier than that in the middle of winter. So there should be no sweat at all getting ready for Shabbos by that time. And let's do it. Let's see if we can start our Shabbos, extend our Shabbos, grab some value-added menucha to our to our weekend, and, and just Shabbos a little bit earlier, kind of sort of, you know, 
Turn off the noise of the outside world. Get those phones off. Get the technology off. Light our candles and ease ourselves into the beauty and the warmth and the incredible Kedusha of, of Shabbos, of Shabbos Kedush. The latest time for light benching lift this coming Shabbos is at 6.39. 6.39 is the latest time. However, many communities during the summer accept the standard Johannesburg time for Shabbos beginning, which is quarter past six. So you have to obviously follow your uh, uh, community. And certainly the latest time, though, is when your community would say, Mizmo Shiliyama Shabbos, or of course 639, whichever comes earlier. That is certainly the latest time to get one's Shabbos started. And as I say, one doesn't have to wait for the last, for the last a minute. Uh, a sunset shkia is at 657. And that really, that's your injury, injury time. So if you want to be able to Davin Mayrev at night and not have to repeat the Krishma over later, then the one has to wait till about quarter past seven, quarter past seven. If you Davin Mayrev and say Shema then, you're good for to go. You've done the mitzvah, the raisa of saying the Krishma at at night, and now you're free to sit down and make Kiddush and, and really sit and enjoy your Shabbos meal together with your family, wherever you might be. You're at home or still at home already in your holiday location. Ah, Shabbos is just so, so wonderful. Wherever you might, you might be. And make sure it's a Shabbos. It doesn't make a difference where you are. We dress up. Please, please. When you pack for holiday, pack your suit and, and your tie. We dress up for Shabbos. We don't dress up to make an impression on, on people, on, on the neighbors, on, on the guy who sits next to me in shul. That's not what it's about. It's Shabbos Malka. So you have the Shabbos queen who comes and greets us and embraces us wherever we might, we might be. So let's dress up. Let's make the fancy food. Let's make the beautiful ambiance of Shabbos. No matter where in the world we might actually be spending that seventh day of the, of the, uh, of the week. Tomorrow, as I say, Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Vayechi, we say Chazak Chazak, the Haftarah details the very last will and testament of David Amelach before his death, the second chapter of, of, uh, of, of Malachim. And uh, Shabbos is beautiful, it's long, there's plenty of time to do everything you want, to have a nice meal with your family and, and friends perhaps, or, or and have a bit of a shlof and, and a walk, and, and plenty of time to sit and study Torah. Ah, what a glorious, glorious day. Shabbos Kodesh doesn't end until 7.33, 27 minutes before 8 o'clock. We're getting, we're getting towards the longest Shabbosus of of the year, and it's so beautiful. It's just so much glorious time to do all the wonderful things that you don't do during the week. To sit down and read a book, and, I, and I'm not talking about a, 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 a trashy novel. There's a big question. Well, you can even do that on Shabbos. Sit down, open a holy book, open a chumash, open a biography, even of some great, great Torah scholar, and learn something. Enrich your own your own life. We are learning about the laws of the davening. Of, of Shabbos. Last week we spoke about the mitzvah of Kriya Satayra. Attached to the mitzvah of Kriya Satayra, our Chazal uh, uh, instituted that in addition to the actual reading in, in, the, in, in the Torah of the weekly portion for that week, so we also read a portion from the Navi, from well, I would say from the Nach, but it's not even from the Nach, it's always from the N, always from the Nevi'im. Haftarists always come from the Nevi'im. Something that has a connection to that which we read about in the Torah, or if it's a, a, a day where there's a special Maftir that's being read because it's, it's a, it's a special holiday besides being Shabbos. Then the Haftarah will have to do with that which we speak about in the Maftir. Just, just for example, the, this week's Pasha speaks about the last days of Yaakov's life. When Yaakov's about to die. So the Haftarah mirrors and talks about the last days of, of, uh, of, uh, Davon 
In fact, the same actually begins with those same those same words. So there's a parallel between what we read about in the Pasha and what we read about in the in the in, in the Aftarah. And the Allah is that before we begin the reading of the Navi, we make one bracha. And after we complete the reading from the Navi, we then we then make four four brachas. And this Reading is called half Torah, which means the end. It's, it's, it's a conclusion because that is the ending. That is the, the final sort of overture of the reading for that, for that week. And the, the, the origin of the reading of the half Torah comes from a, a, a terrible decree that was made many centuries, many centuries ago when we were under the boot, when we were under the dominion of some evil empire, who one time made a a, uh, a gezera that the Jewish nation should not read the Torah. They understood that our lifeblood, that our connection to, to Hashem, to Ruchmius, to everything, is through our Torah. And therefore they, fe- they felt that if we don't read the Torah publicly, that will snuff out our, our, the embers of, of, of our Kedusha, of, of our holiness, of our connection to Hashem. So they made a decree that no Jew is allowed to take out a Sefer Torah and lay on Shabbos. And they, 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 they fixed that if someone would, God forbid, violate their terrible decree, it was under a, a punishment of, of death. Now, since they only uh, uh, prescri- uh, proscribed the reading from the Torah, and they never prescribed reading from Navi. So therefore, Achazal instituted there at that during that time, so we can't read from the Torah, so instead we'll read a piece from the Navi instead of reading from the Torah. And, and they Dafka instituted to read from the Navi something, right? First of all, that it was done in the same way as was, as we read the Torah, making bracha before, and there they actually used to have seven, uh, alias, uh, who, who would come up to the, uh, uh, Navi and read. But once the, the, the Gezerah was taken away and that particular kingdom ceased to exist, and thank God, we were once again able to read the Torah. So Chazal said, ah, we have a good thing going. We don't like canceling out a, a, a good thing. And therefore they went back that, that, and, and they continued this, uh, this Gezerah that every Shabbos we should still read from, from the, the Navi. And they even fixed special brachas for the reading of the, uh, of, of, of the Navi. And since, uh, during the time of the Gezerah, they actually used to call up seven people to the Navi, and each person would read three Sukkim. So, therefore, we generally have a, we have a Takana that generally, uh, the Haftarah should at least be 21 Sukkim so that each person could get at, uh, at, uh, at, uh, at least three psukim. But of course, if the, in the middle of what are we reading, the subject changes and it starts talking about something that has nothing to do with the, uh, concept of our, of our, uh, uh, Pasha. So then we would read until the end of that topic, even though there aren't 21 uh, we'll come back with some final comments in a moment. This is 101.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. And this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, back on the radio for the last few minutes. We're talking about the Haftarah. So Chazal Institute reading the Haftarah, but... In order that no one should think that Aftara in the in Navi is equal in its importance to the reading of the Torah, so Chazal instituted that the person who's going to get the honor of reading 
from the Navi first gets called to read a few psukim from the Torah, and then he'll read from the Navi. And this will be very clear that the reading of the Navi is not by itself equal to the reading of, of, of the Torah. And, and truthfully, as far as strict halach was concerned, it would have been possible that the seventh, because we know we call up seven people on a Shabbos, that the seventh Aliyah could read also the Avtorah. But the, the minig is to take into account certain opinions that hold that the mafkir does not count as one of the seven aliyahs, and therefore we call up seven people to the Torah, then we say a kaddish to signify that the laning is actually over, and that's the end of the formal laning of the Torah, then we call up the mafkir to read a few psukim, usually if it's a normal Shabbos, a few psukim that are just revising the last couple of psukim of, of the Torah, and then he goes on to read the, 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 the Navi. Now, some say that one really should read the Navi from a cloth, from a parchment that looks like a Sefi Torah, written with proper ink on, on a parchment, just like we read from a, a kosher Sefi Torah. However, uh, many of the Achronim bring down that no, that we can read after also from a printed, a printed uh, uh, book, and it's better to read from a book in which is printed the entire Navi, which after uh, uh, comes from. But if you don't have such a book, then you can read even from a book where you just have the, the psukim of that particular, uh, Torah as is basically printed in the back of our, our, uh, Now, the custom is that everyone, the entire community quietly reads together with the Torah. Others say, no, it's better that just the person, uh, either the person who was called up or the Bakhire reads by himself, the Navi and everyone should listen to the, uh, the, the, the reading. And if someone wants to read quietly, he certainly is allowed to, but not loud enough that <clears throat> it would d- disturb anybody else. And obviously, the after, yes, it is an important and integral part of the reading, and it's not a time to be going outside to have one's first l'chaim or to smooth around with friends. It is important for all of us to be in shul, have achamashim open, and if not, we're reading along, at least be following along with the balkare or the or whoever it is that's honored to read the the maftir. It's just stomach. Nothing else. It's just derecheretz for a person that's been honored to to read from the Torah to sit there and 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 be part of it. And, and more than that, it, it's an important. It's an important of and 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 by by not being there, we're in a kind of way maligning that which our rabbis have instituted, and that's never going to be a, a good thing. Anyway, that is about all the time we're going to have this week together, and unfortunately, the time just runs out. I want to wish all of you, first of all, thank you so much for joining us this week, for being part of our show, wherever you might be, those who are at home, those who are still at work, I wish you just a beautiful Shabbos and Atzlacha for the coming week. Those who are on the holiday, enjoy yourselves, get invigorated, let the Kedush of Shabbos just fill you up and make you even feel better, make you feel full, make you feel more placid, more relaxed, and give you the energy to please God, be stronger than ever as we come back to the next week and after a few more weeks to, to the new year. To all of our beautiful radio family, thank you for being with us, and to everyone, a beautiful, beautiful good chance.